Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation hello how are you all oh my goodness i wanted to put this podcast here for you guys as a bit of a surprise. You won't be expecting it to be here and um, I just wanted to say hi because I've been receiving more and more messages which is so, so lovely, asking how I am, if I'm okay, when series eight is coming. Firstly, I'm totally fine. I just needed to take a big step back from everything for a month or so. It's been a little bit longer actually. Um, And series eight is coming. It is coming. We've been recording with some brilliant guests. I cannot wait to release all of this um, for you. There's going to be loads with me as well. Loads with me because there'll be things to update you on and, and experiences to share. Amandine is great. Thank you for asking about her. Um, Amandine is wonderful. We had her second birthday whilst I've been kind of, um, out of action, I guess. We had her second birthday in September. Well, we're still in September, but very early September. It was lovely. Um, I'll talk about that in a bit, but essentially because of COVID, it was just my mum and my sister and my sister's boyfriend that came. And of course, Hendrik. And we just had a very chilled garden, um, garden party, which sounds very posh, but it wasn't. (laughs) I just made like a a lot of cake, basically. And we all just ate cake and blew up lots of balloons. But um, my mum bought the dog and Amandine was super happy to see the dog. Anyway, I'm so out of practice of doing a podcast that I apologise in advance if this all goes a little bit tits up. Um, But this is, this is, I think like the 10th time that I've pressed play. So clearly I'm very out of practice. Um, But I wanted to share with you guys a few things because I think that my experience over the last couple of months really might help a lot of you. And those of you I've spoken to on social media um, just briefly whilst I've been checking in. To be honest, I've been really off both accounts. Um, Just to give myself a big old break and see where I'm going with it. And... um, As you guys know, I find social media a really difficult place anyway, and it doesn't sit particularly well with me. And I always said to myself, by the time Amandine was two, that was kind of my cutoff for not sharing so much of Amandine, at least um, pictures-wise. I'm still going to continue to share absolutely everything on here, um, because there's that little bit of distance, there's that boundary, I guess. Um, But as far as social media, I think it's time for me to um, not share so much of Amandine, just because I really want to respect, um, I want to respect her space and, you know, she doesn't have the power to tell me no yet. So I kind of need to make that decision for her. I know that some of you are doing exactly the same with your kiddos. Um, But I'm just trying to decide right now if I want to delete all of the pictures of her face off my Instagram. Um, And I think I probably will. 
I need to talk to Hendrik about it, but I'm sure he'll say yes because he's never been hugely keen on it anyway in the first place. Um, but it will leave a very empty feed. <laughs> a very empty feed. So what I might do is if there's any helpful text, I will just screenshot the text and put it in my stories and save it. And then um, if it's attached to a picture and then the text isn't lost, at least if it's helpful in any way. So how about I just go into chatting through what's been going on these last few months. So I think where we left off at the end of series seven was um, we were just off to France. I think that was where we left off. We had a wonderful time in France. It was so nice. Uh, seems like an age ago now. When was it? It was the end of July, um, beginning of August. We had a beautiful time in France. It was hot. We swam every day. Yes, it was busy, but the French... I know, obviously, COVID cases are going up a huge amount now, but the French at that point were kind of better than us at social distancing and wearing masks and stuff. We felt anyway where we were in France, but we weren't in a city, so... Um, it was easier to keep our distance but it was really lovely I felt incredibly stress-free it was just um, a really beautiful holiday and I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't come back and get straight back into things because I um, just needed to keep that sense of calm and keep that sense of zero stress uh, which I didn't do very well by the way <laughs> at all <laughs> when we got back so when we were in France, um, we'd kind of um, just gone through that period of having lots and lots of sex, and then we went to France, and it was that two-week wait period. If you're if you're trying to conceive, sorry. So for those of you who might just be picking up on this podcast because you're new, this is a bonus episode, and definitely go back and have a little bit of a listen to the end of series seven. You'll you'll get to know where I'm talking about, but essentially. Um, we have been trying to conceive for a year now and our second baby, to give you a tiny bit of background, we were incredibly lucky and I don't really know how it happened because it was a flipping miracle that we conceived Amandine so easily. Um, I speak about this really at the very, very beginning of the whole of Mum Talk, um, but we conceived Amandine just pretty much a one-time session under the duvet. So having to struggle for a year to conceive has been really difficult. I have found it very, very difficult. Uh, and I think I found it more difficult than I actually realised. And that's been one of the things I've been dealing with over the last couple of months, um, is dealing with, yeah, the, the not accepting and just not kind of really focusing on it I guess um it's still quite difficult I find it still quite difficult to talk about because these last few months have been a real whirlwind and there's been huge ups and downs and messing with my emotions so anyway I'll bring it back to France and then you'll soon understand um so whilst we were in France yeah I was trying to stay really really stress-free and it and it was it wasn't kind of false stress-free it really was stress-free it was lovely um and whilst we were out there I missed my period so I didn't have my period and I took a pregnancy test, pregnancy test said negative and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe I've just not, um, not calculated it right. Maybe, maybe I'm not due my period now, but as you guys know, I've been using their apps. I was using Ovia and, uh, Flow. They were the ones that I think you guys recommended to me and, and they were really good. Um, but I wasn't too sure when I'd ovulated because again, 
I was just trying to drop everything. So I hadn't been tracking my ovulation so much. I'd been doing it fairly roughly. I hadn't been doing my temperature. I just tried to relax because so many, well, the advice I was getting was just relax, relax, relax. Um, so yeah, I had my missed period. I kept doing pregnancy tests. Oh my God, the amount of money I have spent on pregnancy tests is just absurd. Um, kept getting negative, 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 no period, no sign of any period. So as you can imagine, this was really difficult. I've never had, well, I don't, I don't know if I can truly say that, but I haven't missed a period. I'm incredibly regular. I have been incredibly regular ever since my periods came back once I stopped breastfeeding. Um, incredibly regular. So to miss this period, I was like, I'm definitely pregnant. And the joy that came with that was just amazing. Um, and I just kept saying to myself, you know, we'll take a pregnancy test when we get back home to England and I'm sure it'll be fine. Like it'll be, it'll say pregnant. Anyway, it didn't. <laughs> we got home and I still wasn't preg. I still hadn't had my period even. So I called the doctor, the pregnancy test was still saying negative. So I called the doctor and kind of told her what had happened and we'd been away. And she said, well, come in, come for a blood test and we will check. We'll see if you're pregnant or we'll, we'll just have a little look and see what's going on. So about an hour before I arrived at the doctor's for my blood test, I started bleeding. So I said to the nurse when I was getting my blood done, who was lovely, also called Emma, so many of us around, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do here, I don't know if I'm having a miscarriage or I don't know if I am I have my period, like what do you think we should do? And she said, well look, I'm just going to take your blood, the doctor can't see you anyway, so um, I suggest you just give the doctor a call once you've left the surgery. And because of all, of, all the Covid stuff, our surgery, who have been absolutely great, um, they have this... You can't book to see a doctor at the surgery. You have to call in because I think that the calls are being filtered somewhere else um, or to a different room in the surgery or something. So I called when after I had my blood test. I I called in the car and I just absolutely broke down in tears. Um, and I was like, I just don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm having a miscarriage. Or I don't know. I don't know if I'm if I'm just have my period, like, I just don't know what's going on, I just, I cannot deal with the, un, the just not knowing anymore, it's been, like, a year of not knowing, and I just, I can't deal with it anymore, I think she heard the distress in my voice, and a lovely doctor, the on-call doctor from the surgery gave me a call that evening, and also, uh, got me on the end of the phone in tears, <laughs> um, and she, uh, was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. So ever since I, before speaking to this doctor, um, the doctors had refused to do any form of blood tests or anything like that because we hadn't been trying for a year. And, um, I think kind of the guidelines are if you're under 35 and this is your second, you need to be trying to conceive for 12 months before, uh, they'll do anything about it or they'll, they'll look into it. So she said, look, um, let's get the results of your blood tests back to see if you were pregnant or still are pregnant and just having a bit of bleeding. Let's then get you booked in to have some hormonal blood tests. So this was just music to my ears because I felt like somebody was listening. I felt like somebody was going to help me. Um, as you guys know, like which I've discussed, if you've listened right from the beginning, I for me, knowledge is power. I, I, I need to know what's going on. I need to... I need 
to know what's happening. I can't just sit back and do nothing. I, I need to know. Um, anyway, she, she agreed to do all of this, which was just wonderful. So my doctor called me back the next day with the results of the blood test. And she said that either I'd had a very, very early chemical miscarriage. So essentially, I was very, very early pregnant, but it had never... So I don't think the egg had ever implanted. Um, hence the negative pregnancy tests and now the bleeding and the late uh, period. Or, or... I had an anovulatory cycle. Now, <laughs> this is one of the main reasons why I took a massive step back because either of those, um, I guess especially with an anovulatory cycle, I think it just made me realise how much all of this was getting to me because, you know, stress is one of the main reasons for you not to ovulate. So if I was really starting to feel this stressed about all of this and... You know, even if I, even though I was feeling really relaxed in France, I think the damage had been done. So, um, that's that's the reason why I took a massive step back and have been, and basically disappeared because that was just the, that was just yeah the nail in the coffin kind of thing. Um, so from there, it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. But when I had the bloods and I had this idea of what we were doing going forward we had progress we you know the doctors had agreed to help um I, I felt like I had loads more support now in all of this um so when to have the bloods so I had the bloods before um hang on what was it was it on like oh god at the beginning of my cycle essentially I had the bloods uh, the first lot of bloods to check the hormone levels and then I had the second lots of bloods around the 21st day of my cycle because they wanted to check that I had ovulated. So this time around Hendrik and I decided that we were going to you know just give it our absolute all, our absolute all, um, which we, which I think we've done every time but maybe we haven't. <laughs> so I bought some um, ovulation strips I bought really cheap ones online just off Amazon like the little literally the little dip in the pea strip ones and then I also bought some clear blue ones that give you the smiley face and then the flashing smiley face and an empty circle thing um so I bought those because I wanted to test my friend had recommended to me testing twice a day so that's what I did so I started kind of really early in my cycle when there was no chance that I'd be ovulating because I was still on my period um, doing just the stick, you know, the, uh, sorry, the strip ones um, just to double check, check I wasn't missing it. Also keeping an eye on my cervical discharge, um, keeping an eye on my mood, that kind of thing, trying to log what I could in the apps without kind of getting too obsessed <laughs> with it. Um, just trying to keep an idea of what was going on. Anyway, turns out I didn't ovulate until the 18th or 19th day of my cycle, which is really quite, it's quite late. So the later you ovulate, or this is what I've learned anyway, but the later you ovulate in your cycle, the harder it is to um, hold on to a fertilized egg essentially, because I think it was, oh my God, it, I'm no expert in this, but essentially I don't think there's enough time for your 
uterus lining to build up enough to create a you know a soft home for a baby so day 21 came around had my bloods got my blood test results back from those they had confirmed that I'd ovulated which I was super happy about because had the previous month been an anovulatory cycle I was really worried that this one was going to be as well but it wasn't woohoo um so I ovulated and um then about hang on let me actually look this up okay I have it so a week and a half later I started essentially getting the beginning of my period you know what it's like it's kind of brownie discharge you know starting to bleed very lightly before your period started to get that that kind of lasted for a day um and then uh but I was I was using a tampon because I was sure I was getting my period I called my mum I was absolutely distraught I tried not to make a big deal out of it in front of Hendrick I tried to be you know calm collected and just you know sugar <laughs> I've got my period this is shit um but my mum pretty much bore the brunt of it all I think and she only said to me yesterday or the day before, she said, I've never heard you that distraught, or I haven't heard you that distraught in a really long time. Because um, I was, I just was, because I'd really been trying to just relax, but maybe I really wasn't that relaxed, was I, clearly? Um, anyway, my period never got any light, and got any heavier. So um, it, it kind of just went on for... Before before I took a pregnancy test, hang on, it's coming. Before I took a pregnancy test, probably three days of just really light spotting, bit of blood, bit of brown discharge, bit of more blood, bit of brown discharge. Um, and I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to take a pregnancy test because then my period completely stopped. Or what I thought, completely stopped. There was nothing, absolutely nothing. Like by three days later, there was nothing. And this, this is not, that's just not right. And it was weird because the, either the anovulatory cycle or the very, very early chemical miscarriage, whichever one it was, um, that period again lasted for literally no time at all. It maybe, but it was heavy. It was heavy bleeding, but it was maybe for three days when my periods are anything between four or five days really. So I thought this is very weird. Something's going on with my periods. This sucks. Like something's clearly not right in my body. Anyway, I took a pregnancy test, and lo and behold, it said positive. I was over the moon, as you can imagine. I was over the moon, and actually, I'm going to say I am over the moon because, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, we are actually pregnant. I will come to the rest of the story, um, but fingers crossed, we are actually pregnant. Um, but I'm not getting my hopes up. But when I when I took the test, I told Hendrik I was going to take the test because I'm really secretive about these things, like I'm, I'm not very good about talking about all of this stuff with Hendrik, so I'm quite secretive about it, loads of times I've just done them and not told him and then been in the foulest mood because they've been negative and I did get to the point where, which is why I didn't want to do one this time, um, I just, I stopped taking pregnancy tests because at one point I'd wait the two weeks and then I'd take one straight away and it would be negative. And I just decided I just can't take the heartbreak of seeing negative tests anymore. Um, let alone spending so much money on tests. But right now I'm spending, I've spent more than ever. Um, 
so yeah, I I took the test. I ran downstairs to wait with him whilst I took it, whilst it kind of showed up. And before I could even get downstairs, I could see the plus sign coming up on the test. And I just could not believe my eyes. Could not believe my eyes. Anyway, that evening I started bleeding again. Um, really quite bleeding again. And then that continued for... I would say another four or five days, um, maybe four days, but just super light, really intermittent, on and off bleeding. So the minute that happened, I called the doctor and I said, look, this is going on. Um, and it was funny because the doctor said the minute she does blood tests, the minute she tests my hormone levels and does blood tests, I'll get pregnant. And she said, it's just something that, you know, once the doctors do it, it takes the stress off. You know, you're being helped, you know, you're being supported. And I was like, well, if you know all of that, why couldn't you have just done it earlier? But then I also understand that, you know, if everyone asked for that, they'd be overrun. So I do get it. I get it. But it's frustrating and it's distressing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I called her and she said, look, Let's get you in for an early scan. The minute you hit six weeks, we'll get you in for a scan and we'll see what's going on and we'll check, essentially, if there is a little baby or not. Um, so that's on Friday. <laughs> that is on Friday. I don't have the answers for that for you yet. Um, and I was really wondering whether to put this podcast out before or after Friday. But then I thought, you know, I'm going to share this with you anyway and if there's anybody who can just feel supported by listening, if you're going through something similar and you can feel supportive, supported by me sharing my experience in any way, then that makes all the difference. And that's essentially why I'm here. That's why I do this podcast. Um, so there you go. I'm hopefully pregnant. <laughs> so I will I will check in with you guys again, obviously. Um, and let you guys know. But I'm not putting any of this on social media. This is purely for you wonderful, wonderful people who listen to Mum Talk. I'm not sharing this. So, um, yeah, if you do tag me in... I, I really want you to tag me if you're listening to this podcast so I can see that you guys are listening. But I... Uh, yeah, don't put... <laughs> don't put on your social media. Um she's pregnant because I don't know if I am yet. I mean, I, I've, I've done so many tests. I only did a test the other day and it still said positive. So I'm just, you know, crossing everything, crossing toes, but it's a really weird place to be in because, you know, super excited to get a positive result after a year of trying to conceive. Yet you can't enjoy that. And I know that the, tw the first 12 weeks are flipping hard to enjoy anyway, because they're, you feel pretty awful but also they're just, you know, there's so much uncertainty. Uh, but this has just been uncertainty from day one. Uh, well, from for the last twelve for the for the last twelve months, and also from day one of finding out that we were pregnant, and the emotional roller coaster of telling Hendrik, "Oh, I've got my period," and being so devastated and angry, to then actually being pregnant and being over the moon to then bleeding. Oh God, it's just been. It's been a very difficult few months. Um, but yeah, I've been testing loads and it still says pregnant. So I'm I'm really hoping that we are. Um, and that would be lovely. 
But I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know what goes, what happens. And I'll also give you my experience of the scan. So Hendrik's not going to come with me. Luckily, it's at, it's at 8 o'clock in the morning on Friday. So I'm really hopeful that I won't be there for too long. Um, but Hendrik's not going to come. I don't, I, I didn't, to be honest, I kind of switched off when the doctor was telling me if he could come or not. Because um, I knew that he wouldn't. Someone needs to look after Amaldine and... To be honest, if it's bad news, I will handle it better without him being there because I just will suck it up. I won't want to make a scene. Um, not that that is not me saying that if you break down, you know, everyone has their way of dealing with this. But I know for me personally that I will just do the stiff upper lip thing and hold myself together until I get out of the place. And then I will probably break down. Um... If he was there, I don't think I would be able to hold it. Um, so I th I'm kind of quite glad that he's not coming, actually, and I can just deal with it myself. <laughs> and I can leave early and, you know, make sure that I'm parked and everything and get to the car park nice and early. But I've obviously been doing those things where, you know, you look in the Baby Centre app and you see what your due date would be and what size your baby is... And I've been doing all of that, and I've been imagining lots of things, which I wish I wish I didn't do, but I kind of feel like it's unavoidable. It's completely unavoidable. It's completely natural and normal. Our body obviously does that for a reason, because um, the amount the, the I you know I don't want to be thinking about it all the time, but it is really all I think about, because um, it's you know we've wanted it for so 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 long. I mean the the. I went through a stage where, um, kind of, around the time when I had that missed, the missed period after coming back from France, where everybody was telling me that they were pregnant, and that was very, very difficult. It was, I, you know, I obviously over the moon for everybody who told me they were pregnant. Over the moon, of course I was. Like my, my experience doesn't... Um, you know, impact everybody else's, but it was hard, it was really hard, especially after we'd been trying from before most people had started even thinking about having another baby, that was what's so difficult, and it wasn't actually the fact of just not being pregnant, it was the loss of time, I felt like we had lost so much time, um, and it was, again, I've spoken about this before, but it was letting go of the ideals that I'd put in place of what we wanted or what I thought we'd wanted you know that that under two age gap um that it was letting go of that that I really struggled with and kind of st do still struggle with a little bit but you know if we are pregnant then there's just something absolutely wonderful to focus on um I am not going to say that I'm, I don't find it helpful in any way when people say things like, you know, I told you it would happen, or you see, you just relaxed, it happened. That might be really helpful for some people. But actually, we had to work... I'll talk about this more once I really know the results on Friday. But we had to work bloody hard to get pregnant. And it was not enjoyable. <laughs> Like if, if, you know, if you're there and you're thinking, this is meant to be enjoyable, this is meant to be, you know, we're making love, you know, 
This we're making a baby. This is a creation of our love. I'm sorry, but it's not like that for us. It has not been like that, and it might be like that for you, which is just wonderful. I'm you know really really happy it's like that for you, but it was not like that for us. And if you share in that, um, then you know I really really feel for you because it's not. It was hard. It was hard. Hendrik and I have had many a disagreement on the topic. Um, as you guys know, Hendrik, we went exactly on the same page with having a second child. So that's, that's been one of the most hardest things because I've been really, really pushing and Hendrik not so much. He's kind of been in the either or camp. Um, so that's been difficult. And it was when, you know, people would say, it'll happen. It will happen. And it's like, well, actually, no, like, maybe it won't. Because at some point, you know, someone, i.e. my other half, might say no. Like, enough is enough. And he, I mean, sometimes, yeah, Hendrik has a bit of a point. Like, I am one of those people where I have these ideals and these ideals really rule my actions. And, uh... He does, you know, sometimes say that I'm always looking for what I haven't got. Um, yet I've been working this year more than ever to appreciate what I have got. Um, yet this is just something that I can't or haven't been able to get over. The having a second kid. Um, mainly because, well, I think one of the reasons that I really, really want a second child, which I've spoken about before, but my sister and I's relationship is so amazing I mean she essentially is my best friend and I I would rather spend my time with her than anybody else and I want Amandine to have that I really really want Amandine to have that I think Hendrik maybe not so much he's one of three brothers there's a, a 10 year age gap between him and his elder brother there's a five year age gap between him and his middle brother Hendrik left the country when he was 18 years old the they don't live anywhere near each other. They're all in different countries. Um, we get together like once a year. It's it's not that, it's not the same. Um, and I really want Amandine to have that. And also there's that thing, you know, I, I don't want Amandine going through life without a, a, a permanent pal. But again, this is my ideal. They could hate each other. <laughs> they could absolutely hate each other <laughs> let's just pray that doesn't happen um anyway I feel like I'm waffling a little bit but there's so much I want to talk to you about because I have struggled I have I'm in a much better place now I'm exhausted yikes I have not felt this way in a long time I did not felt not that I can remember but I did not feel this way with Amandine but I also think it might be the emotional stress um, just literally slamming into me now. I am probably relaxing for real because, fingers crossed, we are pregnant. Um, but I didn't want to fib to you. I didn't want to come on here and not tell you because I've always said from day one, like, if we do get pregnant, I'll tell you guys because you, you've been through this with me. You've been on this journey with me and I, I didn't want to sit here and give you all of this information and experience and then not not actually tell you that we're pregnant so there you go but yeah there's loads I want to talk to you about there's loads I want to try and um support people on if anyone else has been through this um and maybe you've been through it already and um 
you're coming out the other side or maybe not and my heart goes out to you if you are because it royally sucks. There are a lot stronger words that I can say, <laughs> that I can say, but I'm not going to. So I'm going to love you and leave you. Um, please, 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 please send me a message or tag whatever you want to do. If you are listening, I would really love to hear from you. Um, if you, uh, yeah, are listening and connect with you guys. I've really missed you. I'm going to start coming back onto social, I think. Um, might need to be prompted by some of you sending me a message. Um, but I will. I'll put it out on social. There's a podcast here. And uh, I'll speak to you guys really soon. I'll either do another bonus bonus podcast after Friday. So next week. Um, where, I, where I'll take some questions too. So if you guys have any questions about what I've been going through. Or ways that I've coped. I clearly haven't coped. <laughs> Just gonna say, I clearly haven't coped. Um, then, yeah, I can try and help that way too. But essentially, any way that I can help, please, please, please reach out because, yeah, if you've been all going through this or you're at the beginning of trying to conceive and it's just not happening, I, my, I really feel for you. And a lot of people will say, just relax, it'll happen. And it doesn't help. It's not very helpful. Um, okay. It might be true, but it's not very helpful. <laughs> okay. Love you guys. Um, speak to you soon. Thank you for listening. And uh, that's it. I'm out. Mwah. <laughs>